It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fishcasting the Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner, Fish Facts TV. Hello, everyone, and I am Captain Tim. All right, guys, another good episode for you. I actually didn't do some any fishing last week, but I went out two weeks ago, and we only recorded two weeks ago. Um, so I'm excited. I got some good stuff. I, I tried something that I'd mentioned in our last podcast, so I'm ready to talk about how I executed that. And uh, yeah, the, the snook train keeps it coming. Tim, what about you? You got any opening thoughts, opening shots? Yeah, um, I did finally get out on the water. Just a nice little uh, uh, sandbar run with my wife and dog. It was a uh, holiday weekend, so the waterways were crazy, and we didn't do a whole lot. But um, I did. I did get into a couple little guys out there. Um, I know that, like you mentioned at the top of the show, you were going to follow up on some of your stuff, and I, and I really did want to hear about that because I thought you had a really good shot at catching some cool fish. So. You want to hop in and do that, or uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'll lead off. So, a couple weeks ago, as I had mentioned, uh, I was planning to take the kayak out and see if I could find some snook or some snapper off of South Beach. So, I had a great plan to kind of fish those big jetty rocks at the end of South Beach and see what happened. So, I woke up that morning and I got some shrimp at the bait shop. And the guy at the bait shop said, you know, there's some other little rock piles a little closer to the beach where I have a lot of luck with good sized lane snapper. And I was like, okay, okay. You got me interested. So I got about four dozen snapper and one bag of chum. Uh, First thing I did, I, I opened up my boating app and I saw these little rock piles on the side scan. So I decided to pop over and drop a couple of shrimp on these little rock piles, a couple hundred yards off the beach. Sure enough, uh, almost instantly got a blue runner um, and uh, instantly got about a nice eight or nine inch lane snapper on the first rock pile. Went over a couple hundred yards, found the second rock pile, dropped on that one and caught another eight or nine inch lane snapper. So I was like, all right, well, let me try to get out to the tips of the jetties and try that and see how that works. So paddled out to the tips of the jetties. Water is just crystal clear, glassy, uh, you know, just absolutely incredible. Uh, You look in there and sure enough, I see there's like bait fish everywhere. So I caught a bunch of little jacks and a little grunts on the sabiki and I paddled out to the tips and, you know, there just wasn't much activity on the tips. Um, I did end up finding a couple mangrove snapper, but it was hard to stay in one place. I didn't want my anchor to get pulled into the jetties and to lose it. So what I ended up doing was paddling about 50 feet away, but the chum was basically running parallel with the jetty. So it wasn't really getting into those rocky areas where I thought those mangroves would be. Um, But I still gave it a couple of minutes and drifted out in the chum. And uh, doing that with my little yellowtail jig on a live shrimp, got two 14-inch muttons. So um, not really what I was fishing for, not something I could bring home for dinner, but uh, very fun to catch nonetheless. Uh, I did not keep these undersized mutton snappers. I did enjoy catching them, and uh, they put up quite the good fight. Um, you know, I was thinking about it after we talked last week or week before about your trip. And, you know, for me, 
kayak fishing is is very difficult. I'm I'm a good kayaker. I'm a good canoer. I just never have that that good of luck doing it. I feel like there's just a lot going on. So I was thinking about you out there in the open water at the mouth of the jetty, and I was looking at the uh, the weather, and I'm so glad to hear that that the weather was actually pretty nice. I know that um, you know you mentioned it was supposed to be a calm day, so that was a uh, um, definitely something I was concerned about. Um, <clears throat> Now you mentioned these rock piles that the guy at the bait shop um, uh, recommended, and and you said you saw them on an app as well. What app were you using to to see that with the um, that shows contour like that? So I think I've mentioned it before. It's called the boating app. It's the same app that I use uh, when I'm deep dropping. So you can just see, you know, right off the tip of South Beach. Sure enough, there's these little rock piles, and they're 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 not big. But if you know what you're looking for, they're pretty obvious. So right off of South Beach, if you just look, um, you know, you got to zoom in pretty close, but it, they just look like they're pretty evenly spaced. They're obviously um, man-made, but one of them in particular was a little bit larger of a rock pile. So that's where I started and uh, it was really successful. And uh, oh yeah, so that's the other half of my story. So after going out, I turned around, uh, came back, and I anchored up on the biggest rock pile that I found. So I tried a couple other ones on the way back, you know, lots of little nibbles, but I threw down the chum bag on this bigger one and I dropped a uh, shrimp to the bottom and I dropped the shrimp to the chum. And I was actually on the phone with my dad. By, by the time the one on the bottom, I realized I had a fish on um, and it was a nice 11 or 12 inch mangrove. And then I turned around and the one on the chum also had an 11 or 12 inch mangrove. So bam, bam. And basically from then on, it was nonstop for the next hour, hour and a half. Um, just all mangroves between eight and about 14 inches. Um, just one after another. I mean, I lost a lot of them because it was, there was just fishing in the chum. But, you know, I probably caught 15 keeper mangrove snapper, um, maybe five keeper lanes and uh one dog and then a couple grunts and blue runners mixed in but it was it was just one i i don't think i've ever come to the point in my life where i've caught so many mangrove snappers that were keepers i was just you know tired or at least maybe i haven't since i was a little kid but it, it was but especially doing it on a kayak and being that close to shore you know it was really really awesome getting them and decent sized ones too you know i think if I would have tried other baits, there was the potential that I, I could have got some bigger ones. You know, there, there was some real nice ones uh, that I pulled off the bottom. So it, it was a really awesome and consistent bite, um, you know, was getting on the bottom, getting them on the top. I think there was more lanes and bigger mangroves on the bottom. I did not get any yellowtails, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But, you know, it was uh, it was about 18 to 20 feet deep. And it was just a lot of fun, a lot of uh, excitement all day long. No, that sounds great. Um, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned you caught mutton, lanes, mangroves, um, dogs. So you, you really did catch a lot of different snapper species. Um, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. And um, were you able to, to see, you said the water was really clear. Could you see a bunch of big fish kind of like hanging on the bottom and cruising the rock piles or, or, uh, or what was the deal with that? I mean, when I looked behind my boat, I could see probably 50 mangroves um, suspended in the water. You know, I could mostly see them eat my shrimp as I dropped them in the water. Now I couldn't see the bigger ones cause it was a little deeper, but, mm -hmm. uh, the, the ones that I was getting in the chum were just one after another. And they were just, just piled up right, right behind the chum. 
Cool. And, um, you know, with the, the, uh, the water quality so good and, you know, they have good eyesight, what kind of a leader were you using for, uh, for these guys? Uh, I had 15 pound fluoro with those small yellowtail jigs. Um, I was burying my jigs and I did, um, accidentally, or I did go through a lot of yellowtail jigs cause they were swallowing them. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was very productive using that light leader and, you know, eventually I started getting littler ones, but there, there were just so many down there. No, that's awesome. Um, seems like you had a good day and we're very productive with it. And did you go through, I think you said you got four dozen shrimp. Did you go through all your shrimp doing that? I got tired of fishing. You know, I started to get hungry. <laughs> it was 11 o'clock. I still had like probably 18 shrimp left and I just wanted to go home and eat the fish that I just caught. So, uh, you know, I ended up calling it a little early just because I, I had more shrimp than I needed. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that that's the mark of a great day on the water and fishing. Uh, one that's super productive when you're, when you're wore out and tired and hungry and uh, um, ready to throw in the towel because you already were super successful. So that sounds a, sounds like a nice day on the water. It was enjoyable and, you know, ended up cooking them up later that evening. And I have to say they were tasty. I, I didn't keep my full limit I kept four mangroves and one lane and uh, yeah, it was very tasty, fried it up for some buddies and it, it was a really, really nice morning out on the water. No, you can't beat that. Um, and you know, I, I, I like that you didn't take too many, you know, you, you could have kept more, you could have kept lanes and everything, but you knew that it was probably going to be, um, you know, eat them fresh and enjoy them when they're at their peak. So um you know, another, another uh, attaboy for you on that regard. Yep. Yep. Now what about yourself? Tell me about some of your fishing. Yeah. So, um, I was able to get out this last Saturday, which was the Saturday before labor day. Um, it was a little bit windy offshore. Um, we weren't really planning on doing a whole lot of serious, serious fishing. Just wanted to get out in the boat and, and kind of um, cruise around and enjoy because we haven't taken the boat out since um, I think since scalloping uh, we've just been busy doing our kitchen and uh, just just life so we haven't had the boat out um, the wife and I just decided to do a quick little morning run out to the sandbar bring the dog relax a little bit and uh, maybe check on some snook out there um, was able to get bait really easy a lot of nice pinfish a lot of good um, white bait and um, <clears throat> make it out to the sandbar and I got to tell you, the current was moving. This was a big all day hill tide where we're losing three and a half feet of water over, you know, like eight, 10 hours, just ripping out. Um, and I knew that it was going to be a, a difficult anchor job and kind of a precarious day on the sandbar just because there's a lot of novice um, boat operators out there. There's a lot of people that don't understand winds and currents and, and how, uh, and how their, their um, uh, anchoring and how they maneuver and operate can, can impact other boaters. So I knew it was going to be a, um, a difficult day for a lot of folks. So we didn't really stay long. Um, we got out there real early. I think we were um, beachside by like, I don't know, quarter after seven. Sun was just uh, up a little bit. And, and um, you know, we, we got to enjoy the morning out there for just a few hours. Um, I caught a couple snook. I caught two snook right around the 20 to 22 inch range. Unfortunately, I did lose a nice one. Um, I just kind of messed up. I was using a circle hook that was a little bit small for the size of the white bait I was using. 
but I was being lazy and didn't want to retie. Um, you know, I was sight casting these snook and um, I actually made kind of a bad cast because it was a little windy. The wind got to my, my bait and it got pushed, you know, six, eight feet um, kind of west of where I wanted it to be, where I was leading this other snook that was probably like 25 inches and boom, out of this kind of um, grassy, floating grassy patch that I was actually kind of trying to avoid. This, this nice snook probably, um, you know, I'd say low, low 30 inch snook, but a, a really, a really fine snook came out and ate it. And, um, you know, I, I set the hook and it's like, why did I do that? I'm using a circle hook. You know, it's a little smaller than it needs to be. And I essentially just pull it right out of, right out of the fish's mouth. So that was a bummer. Um, <clears throat> that would have been a nice one to catch, you know, bright and early sun's coming up. Snook season just started. Um, haven't kept a snook in over a decade, I think. So um, I was definitely thinking, you know, if I got one, you know, that was slot, maybe I would um, contemplate keeping it. Um, but you know, didn't didn't end up happening for me there. I made uh, my way to some some docks and uh, grass flats that I like to hit, um, and uh, was fishing fishing around there for a little bit was having a tough time getting a bite, you know, I'm fishing um, with the wind and with the current. I'm on the, the east side of the dock, fishing that outgoing tide, just freelining baits up to the dock and, and way up in there, casting them way up in there. Couldn't get anything to hit. I caught a catfish and that was it there. So I was very confused, um, made a change and I decided to approach the dock a different way and to approach it throwing into the wind and into the current and let the, the, um, the bait get taken away from the dock and I'll be darned that worked. Um, I, uh, I hooked two snook, um, pretty much back to back. One of them was a real nice snook. It was probably in that low to mid 30 range. It immediately, once it hit, got me around the pilings and snapped me off. And then the other snook that I, uh, uh hooked, it was just one of those snook that just couldn't get the bait in its mouth. It, it, you know, slammed it on top. It was, it was in its mouth for a minute. It, it threw it, it came back, tried to eat it again, missed it. The bait's dead at this point. It's just sitting there sniffing it now. And it was just one of those like head scratchers on how did you not get this bait? But, um, you know, it turned out to be a nice day either way. Got back to the dock real early. I think it was like 1030, maybe 11 o'clock by the time we got back to the boat ramp and got out of there before all the craziness happened that uh, uh, undoubtedly uh, was going to happen out there on the sandbar and on the waters of uh, Labor Day weekend. So. We avoided disaster of all the recreational boaters out there and also had a nice little morning. So um, pretty, pretty good day. Wish I would have caught one of those nice snook, but there's always next time. I mean, it sounds very productive, Tim. What was your total uh, snook count? I, uh, I only actually brought two snook to the boat. Um, you know, I had, I had some other small ones I didn't mention that, you know, hit my bait and either I get one jump out of them and, and kind of they would, they would um, come off. I actually think that I'm going to change up um, one of the hooks that I was using. Um, I normally use an owner circle hook when I'm when I'm fishing the beach and sight fishing snook, but I didn't have any more owners. Um, I only had um, some Mustad Ultra Point. Um, I think they're called Demon Circles, and I really like the Demon Circles when they're bigger in like the six, seven, eight dot range for grouper and things like that. But the small ones. I don't know what was going on with them. I just, I couldn't catch cold out there. It was, um, it was just really hard to hook these snook and, and get, get a good bite in the, in, in their jaw. So, um, I'm probably gonna have to make a change, um, or not so much a change, but go back to what I'm used to using because that's all I had with these mustaches. 
Well, it sounds uh, sounds like you had some luck, Tim. And uh, I actually forgot to mention, I may have caught a, a nice little snook myself uh, back under the neighborhood canal. Yeah, I think uh, I think I saw a picture of that when I was thinking to myself after I, I lost the snook on the beach and then lost one at the dock. I'm like, oh, Tanner, he was able to get a real nice snook uh, um, fish in the neighborhood canal. And I can't seem to catch one of these things. So uh, why don't you tell us about it? And I can feel even worse about not getting one of those nice ones. Well, in your defense, I was one for one. And it was a not miss, meaning the one that I missed was due to a knot coming undone. Oh. The, the curly cue, the pigtail, whatever you want to call it. It's one of the worst ways uh, any fisherman can lose a fish. I felt that thump. It hit right below me. And I went to set the hook and I had a quick little drag pull and it was gone. But mm. let's not dwell on the ones that were lost. Let's talk about the ones that were caught. So the one I did catch, it was on the same thing. Very heavy bucktail with a paddle tail trailer. That seems to have been what they've really been hitting. Uh, I think it's a one ounce white with a little red on it um, and just bouncing it under the bridge. And this one gave me uh, a run for my money. 50 pound leader, lockdown drag. This was the bruiser battle that I've lost so many times. Like I told you that uh, the other one that I caught uh, last time, it, it went the wrong way. This one was every bit of me fighting it with every every bit of strength and, uh, you know, tactics I knew to keep this fish out of those pilings, heavy drag, cupping spools. Um, and man, well, one thing that I really noticed is how much harder a, you know, the, the last one I caught was probably 29.30. This one was probably like 33.34. The amount of additional girth between those two fish is just you know, hard to overstate. Yeah, that's yeah. When it comes to snook and um, you know some of these other other species, you know the the difference in just a few inches. It seems like the strength and the amount of power and just their overall intelligence kind of goes up immensely. You know, almost on an exponential scale. Whereas, like you mentioned, maybe a twenty-eight inch or twenty-nine inch snook versus a thirty-one or thirty-two inch snook. That that you know, thirty-two inch snook's gonna fight more than twice as hard than that than that smaller one so um it's pretty wild just how much power they can pack uh just a couple inches and, and how it makes a difference yeah it was it was really like the, the fish before was fun and it felt like this was the the fish that i had been chasing but this fish really felt like the one i've been chasing so it was really awesome um and i was really happy to do it but uh yeah so i uh think I might try a new little snook spot tonight and uh, I'll have to let you know how it goes next time. Yeah, man. Um, like, like I always say, and it can't be overstated enough. I'm, I'm always jealous of your um, ability to go out and sniff out and, and have the access to just, um, you know, close by snook spots. And, um, you know, as always, let me know. Cause um, you know, I love to hear about them. Well, all right, Tim, I think that's all for today. Remember, like, subscribe, leave us a review, give us a pat on the back, um, and we will keep these coming. That sounds like a winner. Um, good fishing, Tanner. Glad everything worked out for you. I'll see if I can make it out this weekend. It looks like a lot of rain and wind this weekend, so um, if I find a window, I'm going to give it a shot, but um, we'll see. All right, Tim, sounds good. I'll catch you next time. All right, thanks, everyone.
All right.